0: Thanks for tuning in. This is Marcus Curtis, the better half of the MedVets, alongside Keith Palmer, one half of the MedVets, two brothers that are brothers making it happen.
1: The MedVets is a show where entrepreneurs and military veterans join guests on the show to discuss
0: some of healthcare's biggest challenges. We both have two unique perspectives in healthcare. The MedVets, healthcare is self care. And if you don't know, now you know.
1: So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in to listen and subscribe so you can catch our weekly podcast. Thank you.
0: So, yes, this is Keith introducing us to the MedVets once again, and we are maintaining and continuing our National Women's History Month. And today we're speaking with Melissa Maya, who is the founder of Isles, which is a unique and very much needed platform that assists resorts and hospitality industries in order of fulfillment. And so I'm going to hand it off really, really quick to the lady in blue.
2: Thank you for having me. And that was a really good way to put what Isles is in summary. The business is a platform which provides services to hotels and resorts who have full-service kitchens. What we do is we enable them to offer their guests with grocery fulfillment, all endpoints of it from being able to make a list, find recipes for as many meals as they want to make while they're on premise at the resort, for the number of members in their family with consideration of allergies and preferences and budget, that helped the resorts connect with their guests and eliminate the middleman by working with the other third-party grocery fulfillment providers like Instacart or The grocery store, the way that would work is the third-party providers wouldn't um, kind of cooperate with the resort and include them in the transaction. So there were a lot of incidents where a guest would order groceries and it would go to the wrong room or then perishables were piling up in the lobbies. And so now with aisles, the resorts and hotels were able to control those orders and provide extra value for their guests while they're visiting. How did
1: you come up with that?
2: It started because I was trying to solve a pain point that I had personally. What I was trying to do was create like a virtual shopping tool that could uh, enable a a grocery shopper to visually see a grocery store in their mobile device if they couldn't go and make a list.
0: As a founder and entrepreneur is that you had a lot of money to pay for insurance for your employees (laughs) and your contractors.
2: That's exactly
1: true. How did that work then? Was this your first startup business?
2: It was my second. The first okay. one was in a different industry, but yeah, it was. we could never grow to a point where we could afford insurance for the members of the company.
0: Well, from one founder slash entrepreneur to another, I can really relate to the insurance challenges and providing that for employees. There are many structures in place. There are many different plans in place and always trying to find out the right one. I'm glad we're able to to speak today because I don't think we can ever find a solution to healthcare or find a solution to the challenges with insurance. But entrepreneur, we always see zero challenges. How do you see insurance for Yourself, business owner, and also for your employees.
2: I can speak firsthand to having to know what life is like with it, and to know what life is like without it, because I did go a year after the Obamacare, a year after that rolled out. I was actually independent pay, and of course, that was the year that I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I was admitted twice. One of them was for four weeks at a time in and out of the hospital and that was a year that i didn't have insurance and as a business owner i know that enormous value add for any quality employee who's looking to come on board they want to be somewhere that offers insurance in some capacity so i think it's really important and it's hard to get to a level where you can provide it even sometimes for yourself in some cases.
1: Is that one of the things that employees are really looking for like when they come on during these interviews is is that one of the top benefits that they're looking for in the insurance nowadays? And how does that make you as a startup business or CEO more marketable? Do you have to shop around for different insurances you would do for your individual health care or is it different because you have to look at the well-being of others?
2: I would put insurance up there with upward mobility for an employee coming in like i would think that they would look at that as being as important as their growth can be in the company because this day and age quality people are looking at those things people are a little bit more responsible they're a little more risk averse insurance is just absolutely paramount do you think
1: the age makes a difference let's say versus hiring someone that's 20 through 25 because now they're selling their parents' insurance, right? Oh, right. Do you think that plays a role too in how companies are hiring nowadays so they can actually skip out on that insurance?
0: You can't really, that's one of those taboo conversations because as a business owner, you can't discriminate based on that. So you can't look at a person's age as far as, well, they still have insurance under their parents, so I'm going to bring them on board versus me hiring somebody that's a little bit older because I know that my rate is going to go up. That's one of the things you think things, but you don't say it. I think it's kind of one of those things as well where you don't want to say anything like that publicly. There are some things that take into consideration. I don't think I've ever looked at a person's age whether they're young or older as far as bringing them on board because of insurance If i brought somebody on board it was because of their ability to perform
1: but maybe sometimes when you structure your business would be around a younger hiring younger employees because now you're saving on that cost perspective right so how often do employers have to change insurance Is it the yearly thing
0: It is an annual thing, and I think we can have multiple discussions about that. We we can really bring in other professionals and other experts to talk about insurance because with my car insurance, it gets renewed automatically every six months or every year. But with insurance, we have to really sit down and identify what plan we want to go with.
1: Hiring around it, like strategically framing your business around the premise of not hiring older individuals because when they hit that 30 mark, that mark where they have to shop for their own insurance, now they're caring about that when they go looking for job interviews. But as a bit, like there's businesses out there that just hire ages, what, like 20 through 26 because they know that saving on insurance and they know that they're not asking for. I believe that. I
2: wonder how they pull that off, though, because, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I can see internally that the executive team and the board coming together and, like, creating a specification box for new hires, but you can't scale or follow through legally, right, on something like that mm-hmm. with discrimination laws in place for mm-hmm. age and gender and sex and stuff like that. So I, I'm sure that it plays a big part, and it's really strategic and clever, but... Yeah.
1: I mean, in healthcare, I think there's, you just said something that brought up the point. The discrimination part, right? Like, you shouldn't do it, but there's things that are done, right? I think that happens in every business and industry. There's things that you
0: shouldn't be doing, but that are still getting done. Mm -hmm. So, according to the Census Bureau, 8.5% or $27.5 people did not have health insurance at any point during 2018. In 2017, this number was 7.9% or 25.6 million. Basically, what is saying that the number of insured is increasing per year. What made you get a PPO? I don't even know what a PPO is. And I say that, but these are some of the things where a small business owner may not know. I may look at it as, well, which one would be more cost savings for me? Which one can I contribute to my employees? Like what percentage can I offer my employees where it would also be a tax savings for me? Those are the things that I would mainly look at as far as not necessarily looking at age, because even going back to that, there may be a lot of turnover. So you're gonna get rid of them based on their age, but now your performance is going down. So it affects your quality. For me, if I look at insurance, I'm looking at it as, well, hey, if I'm going to increase my percentage, my contribution to my employees, will that be a tax write-off?
1: So what other things? Give me, like, two to three things that you're looking at for an individual when you buy your personal insurance. What
0: matters most? I want to make sure that if one of my employees had an issue, that the plan will pertain to them. The third one would just be tax write-off.
1: What about you, Melissa?
2: Same? One thing that's important is that I've been going to the same doctor for, like, 15 years. So as long as it's within the network of that physician, mm-hmm. that. Probably the most important. Yeah, that the plan meets what I think my needs would be for
0: yeah. that year. Let's say your insurance plan and that doctor no longer carry that insurance. Do you try to find? You've been with this doctor for fifteen years. Do you find another doctor, or do you pay more out of pocket to see that doctor? Pay more out of pocket. You really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay.
1: Because yeah, he's just that good. He or she yeah.
2: knows my history, mm-hmm. my family's history. Just it, very comfortable there.
0: There are a threshold as far as how much more. Right. And you could say you can pay so much more right now, but now <laughs> right. you're paying out a network. And I was paying my deductible was fifty dollars to go see him. Now I'm paying five hundred dollars every time you guys see him per year. It's five hundred dollars, so that's a big difference. And so, do you look at that and or be like, man? I need to look at my insurance.
1: You said you get a tax write off on your individual insurance. How is that?
0: Oh. I said, at the business, is okay, a tax write off. What,
1: what are three things you look off when you're, when you're getting your individual? Oh, my personal ones. You your personal oh, insurance. my personal. What are three things
0: you look for? Individually, one, I'm looking at cost. It's going to take care of me throughout the year. The third one, I look at the doctor that I use.
1: Who's your insurance company right now? Who are you using?
0: Blue Cross Blue Shield. For your individual.
1: Yeah. What about you, Melissa?
2: Ambetter.
0: Ambetter? I've never
2: even
0: heard of them.
1: How how long have you been using them? January. Just January? I was self-pay
2: last year. Okay.
0: I see some billboards for them, so they look like they're they're some interesting things.
1: So what I'm getting at is how often would you say, as an individual, you change your health insurance?
0: I mean, unless there's a huge difference Mm -hmm. between... Going with one of the, the big five, what is it, Blue Corpus Shield, Cigna, Aetna, United, and Humana? Unless there's a, a big difference, I'm not going to change.
1: How often are you shopping? Are you actively shopping every year to look at differences? No. no. Mm-hmm. What about you, Melissa? I've always worked in like corporate
2: marketing where I was provided insurance, and before that, I was married under my ex husband's policy, mm-hmm. so I've had the privilege of never having to think about it until maybe two years ago.
0: We have these discussions every year with politics and health insurance and one of the things I wanna to, want to mention, try to mention something related to the military. And one of the things, you know, I liked about the military was if something happened to me, I can go to the clinic and not worry about any additional money coming out of pocket. Yeah. I can have surgery and not worry about any additional money coming out of my pocket. It was taken care of by, by the government. Now, when I went to the clinic just for a normal cold and cough, there was probably a different doctor or a different resident or a nurse practitioner. I knew I wasn't paying out of pocket. So at the time, as long as they had my medical records, they had everything else that they can review it, you know, really quickly. I was like, okay, well, hey, free healthcare. I had surgery when I was in the military. But now I look at it as, well, do I need to get additional surgery? And I'm looking at the cost. You know, I did it in the military because... Hey, I knew and get you know, get it for free. I'm still gonna get my paycheck no matter if I was out for a week or, or two okay. weeks. But now I'm looking at the point to where I have bad sinus issues. And I'm like, you know, do I go to an anti doctor, get kind of surgery done and I don't want to pay the deductible. I don't want to be out of work.
1: Melissa, so you had this in the aisles. You were running it for how many years would you say? Four years. Four years. Okay, and how many employees?
2: At one point,
1: the most we had was nine. Oh wow! So that's that's I think that's pretty good for a small business. I think the the average small business is three individuals. More than fifty three percent of small businesses are only three, just individuals. Oh wow! Yeah, so nine, you're like running a corporate <laughs> a corporate structured business over there. But were were there any issues with health insurance when it came to employees? Like maybe employees just complaining that benefits aren't good, and their family needs extended right. care, did you have to experience any of that?
2: In some odd twist, a lot of the people that were involved with IELTS were either high net worth individuals mm-hmm. or came in with probably third party okay. policies, you know, and so I think under normal circumstances, yes, there would be a gripe there because it would be a personal gripe of mine, but in, in my experience, just by odd chance like
1: yeah that, you know so you got lucky. yeah exactly <laughs> have you been that
0: fortunate Keith? i haven't had any complaints or nobody has mentioned anything to me i haven't sent out you know any questionnaires uh, about it you know i think when we come up annually nobody has said hey we need to make a change i think we look at the same plans we look at the price difference mm-hmm. and what's funny is insurance should increase at the rate of growth as far as, you know, the country. You know, our salaries may increase, let's say, 1%. Yeah. The economy may increase 1%, right? Grocery is gonna increase, gas is gonna increase, let's say, well, by 1%. But our health insurance may increase by 20%, you know? So there should be some kind of, and again, that's a fictional, you know, number. Sure. There should be some kind of correlation to that. Mm-hmm. If the economy increases 1%, 2% annually, well, my insurance rate, should reflect that as well. It shouldn't be able to go up ten percent, twelve percent. You know, it should be in line. Well, hey, since the economic growth is two percent annually, let's kind of keep the insurance like that. I but you
1: kind of know you, so you kind of have an idea of how much is going to increase rather than just being a surprise.
0: Well, not not even that being being a surprise, but I mean, it's just the right thing to do. The economy goes up two percent. I shouldn't have to now because now I'm paying more in insurance, which I know that I need, but now I'm taking home less money.
1: When I go to the doctor. They say, you know, they look up their computer, see how much I have to pay. Why, why can't we do that as, as patients, right? Why can't I just say, I'm going to this doctor, this me contacting my insurance directly. What, what am I looking at, right? And then when that's all said and done, they price everything out. Why don't I get a receipt for everything else, right? Why don't I get a receipt to sign off
0: on? So on that discussion, we need a panel. And we need a three-day conference. Well, no. I want to know. no. Why,
1: why don't you? Why don't I sign off on my receipt showing where all my expenses went, what the insurance paid for? You know what I mean? Why? Like why, why doesn't that exist? Why. Well, I do it at the uh, when I go to buy stuff at Costco, when I go to buy food at a restaurant, it's like I always sign up with what's being charged on my behalf. That transparency. We're blind not, in the medical yes, field. Yeah. It's
2: like monopolized to the point where we don't we're not entitled to or privy to like even what they're doing why have they come to those formulas and
1: it's like you show up they enter some magical number in the system Mm -hmm. and then for you Melissa your insurance is going to pay this much and that's that And and for you Keith you're paying this much and that's that right so it's like in the midst of it you may go see your doctor and you're going to take some medication you're going to take some different type of medication and your bill will be completely higher than his but you guys have the same plan but there's no transparent, like, neither one of you signed off and said, I approve this. I received
0: that. Well, yes, you did. When? When you, read the blue, when you read the fine print. When you sign up for your insurance, you get a packet of information or they send you an email. The same thing when you get a new iPhone or you do something with, with iTunes. You don't read those user agreements. You click agree. So, by you clicking agree to those terms for Apple iTunes... By you not reading the fine print from those insurance companies, you do. We're going to charge you what we want to charge you, basically, because this can be a conversation we can have in multiple ways and for a longer period of time. Because when I go buy a car, I know what I'm paying. When I go buy a house, I have to get approval by the insurance company, the warranty company, everybody else to make sure I can afford it. When I go to the hospital, I may not want to do that, but those are the things that's going to take these kind of conversations to get people thinking about it. And that's one of the reasons why we had this platform is we talk about sports, business, entertainment, all the time, but the med vets, we're trying to do something different to bring light into a healthcare. Do you have these conversations to identify the lobbyist legislation to figure out how can we make our pricing transparent? Well, if you go to the gas station, if you go to, this is a corner block right here, You have unleaded here at $249. You got unleaded here for $279. Mm. The difference is what they're paying in property taxes. The price for gasoline, even though it's unleaded over here and over there, to my understanding, is they're able to charge different prices because of what they're paying in taxes. When there's a hurricane, when there's something going on in the world, if they increase those gas prices, that's gouging. They're legally unable to gouge. And I I say all of this is because I agree with you. You know, you should be able to sign off before you leave on what you're paying for, for healthcare. You should have some kind of template or something that says hey, this is what you're paying for. This is, you know, you, you have insurance, you have a copay. So this is what you're paying. You don't get your bill until months later. Then you got to go back and you got to look at it as itemized. Oh, hey, did I, I got charged for a band aid? I didn't get a band aid. I was charged for this IV fluid. Well, hey, if I would have known that, I could have went. Well, hey, instead of going to the hospital, a I could have went to the hospital B, knowing I would be a lot, you know, would a lot cheaper. So that's why we we're having these conversations is to start these discussions to have a better understanding and try to address legislation. To I want to know what I'm I'm paying for. But again, I think a lot of it is. You know, I hear your pain points, but a lot of it is in that fine print. The same way with the terms with Apple, iPhone, or whomever. Nobody ever reads that, it's too but long. for
1: all the listeners, they be sure to read the the fine print,
0: right? Nobody's gonna read the fine print. Now, there are companies that can assist you in reading the fine print to make sure you're making a good decision, to my understanding. But I mean, nobody's really gonna read the fine print on, on that kind of stuff. They're gonna look at, they're gonna make their assumption that you're covered. And and go I from sure there. There's
1: somebody's doing it. There's some individual out in this Thank world that's taking contracts and reading fine print and calling. There's somebody out there doing that. <laughs> if you're thinking that someone's doing it, trust me. It's just I agree with you. It's not being done to to that point where it's actually making an impactful difference. I want to say something because all the time that you when we're doing these podcasts, and I'm pretty sure a lot of our listeners are wondering. Before you get into these rants, you always say, I'm going on my soapbox. What the fuck
0: is that? <laughs> what is a soapbox? It's where all eyes are on me. Okay. Meaning I have center stage. Okay. Meaning it's like if we're in a crowd of people, mm-hmm. I'm going to get up on that little box right here mm-hmm. and everybody just focus on me because so, yeah. I want I want to be heard. I think what I feel, what I have to say is more important than any kind of side conversations. And so I say that because with a with the soapbox, and I'm not sure what millennials call it. Let me get on my social media. Let me get on something. You know, let me get on. Let me let me, let me get on my Twitter. That's what millennials probably say. It, but did you
1: know that Melissa soapbox? Did you know that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you read this real quick? Is that he? He's not fucking lying. That is literally.
0: <laughs> oh wow. What it is? <laughs> Look exactly what, what it is. Read that little paragraph. Wow. That, wow. <laughs> that is a Look huge a generational difference. Told you. Say, what is it? Can you read
1: what yeah, it? Yeah, read is? it.
2: A soapbox is a raised platform on which. One stands to make an impromptu speech, often about a political subject. The mm-hmm. term originates from the days when speakers would elevate themselves by standing on a wooden crate wow. originally used for the shipment of soap or other dry goods from a manufacturer or retail store. Without the <laughs> so, mic. so back in your childhood, that's what people were doing yeah. to make an announcement. Yeah, they on Twitter, they on
1: Instagram. Yeah. So I just want to end it on that. Because now I know when you get into your soapbox...
0: All eyes on me. The sand, the sand. You know... Like like the uh, the great Tupac said, "Hey, uh, all eyes on me." So, like a Tupac fan now. I said the great Tupac. I'm, I'm gonna give credit where credits due, but you know he had a song "All Eyes on Me." So with the soapbox, I want all the attention because I feel like my viewpoint is more important than any kind of side conversations. This is something that really should be heard mm-hmm. and should be carried throughout the room and even further.
1: So Melissa, I'll. It's still ongoing. Is there any way you would like for listeners, viewers to reach out to connect with you on any questions, whether it be with Isles directly with you and your experience as insurance? As a woman running a business, how can our listeners connect with you?
2: Sure, I would love to hear from anybody. My mantra is just to make as many value deposits as possible and get to know as many people as possible and create really strong, long lasting relationships. And we, you know, as, as we grow, I hope to expand my network of people who are interested and in, especially in ways that maybe I can provide value to anybody or advice or support or even connections. As for insurance, maybe someday we'll be big enough to where we can provide it.
0: Nice. I was talking to somebody recently and they told me they went somewhere out of the country and they had to have a minor procedure done on their leg. And they said they went to the hospital on the board. It gave them a price list as far as what it was going to cost them to see their doctor and for that procedure be, to be done. And I know it's a political arena. How do you, I want to ask Mark this question. How do you feel about insurance? You know, we've been, you know, Melissa and I have been talking. How do you feel about insurance?
1: Uh, health insurance, specifically, I feel like it's something that I pay into. I pay into. I don't know that I'm paying into it. I don't know what I'm paying into. When I use it, I still have to fucking pay to use it. So, again, I feel like it's, it's something that I just have to pay because it's what my employers say. It's what the government says. But I don't really see an actual benefit. It doesn't matter if I'm 100% covered like the military or if I'm 50% covered. All I know is that either way, you're paying for something you don't know what the fuck you're paying for.
0: Another <laughs> question. If you're paying for insurance and you have a condition, shouldn't that condition be approved? And the reason being is because I've seen situations where you have to go to the insurance company and they're going to approve or deny. Yeah, they can't Whoa. Do that. Well, yes, you can. You approved to take my money. But now because I went to the hospital and I broke my ring finger. Oh, well, my f- other four fingers are covered, but my ring finger isn't. It's there? Trust me, there's technicalities to where they can say, well, hey, we're not going to approve this because by reading the fine print, we're going to cover. Of course, I'm joking, but we'll cover your four, your four fingers, your four digits, whatever you want to call them. But because you broke your 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 ring finger, we're not gonna cover that. They have ways to where we're not gonna cover that. And that's why you don't know. Like pre-existing yeah, pre-existing conditions. That's why you don't, not, not even pre-existing, pre-existing conditions. If they're gonna look at your plan and be like, oh well, we don't want to cover that or something like, you know, that's why, you don't. that's why you don't get a bill when you leave the hospital, you know, something like that. They, they mail it to you. They're going to gonna look at all that kind of stuff. Sometimes people have surgery in, in the field. We've had insurance companies deny surgery because it wasn't something that they supported. But it's like if I'm paying my my whole thing, if I'm pay if I need to go have surgery right now, I would like to assume my insurance company will cover anything. I mean, I'm paying. They have no problem taking my money out of my paycheck. And so they should be able to cover me. But again another situation i agree
1: you know? well thank you very much melissa for joining us thank you for having me and to all our listeners subscribe 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 to the med word that's good excellent